American Capitalism, A History, with Lewis Hyman and Edward Baptist. The 1970s brought unprecedented challenges to American capitalism, at least unprecedented since the Great Depression. This was a decade that challenged many of the assumptions, in fact, that people had built up in the wake of the Great Depression. It pushed economists, policymakers, government officials, and the American people in general to reconsider the paradigm uh, that they had built uh, in order to survive and uh, rebuild after the Great Depression through the New Deal and World War II, the Keynesian consensus in short. After the 1970s, the Keynesian consensus would be in tatters and would be, to a large extent, abandoned. But let's look at some of the reasons why the 1970s were so challenging, so uniquely challenging. And they were uniquely challenging because things happened in the economy that many economists came to believe could not be predicted and to some extent could not be easily solved. For instance, the 1970s uh, was a decade of tremendous price inflation. And what that means is pretty simple. Prices rose, and they rose across the board. Now, traditionally, at least according to Keynesians, when prices rose, the recipe uh, for government management of that problem was pretty simple. Raise interest rates through mechanisms uh, like the Federal Reserve's ability to raise the amount it charges banks uh, to borrow money, um, and you'll eventually slow down the overheating of the economy. Prices will start to come back down as people take money out of the, the economy uh, and invest it uh, in um, instruments that earn that kind of higher interest rate that has now been created. Likewise, um, the 1970s was a decade of several uh, recessions, periods in which economic activity slowed down, unemployment rose, uh, and um, investment declined. In those periods, the Keynesian recipe said what you should do uh, would be to pump money into the economy, lower the interest rate so people take money out of savings and start to spend it. If you're the government, spend money uh, on infrastructure projects and other things that will put people back to work, putting that money back into the economy, chasing those goods around, in short, actually raising inflation rates. Those two things, in other words, are uh, working at cross purposes. The ways that you deal with inflation uh, will move you slightly towards recession. The ways that you deal with recession will move you towards inflation. But policymakers in the 1970s had to deal with both at the same time, the stagnation of the economy and the inflation of prices. In other words, stagflation, and they didn't know what to do. So by 1976, this combination of inflation and recession had already proven to be really difficult to get rid of through normal policy means. And in that year, in fact, presidential candidate Jimmy Carter, running for the Democrats against Gerald Ford, uh, the successor to the disgraced Richard Nixon, actually coined a term to describe this. So he didn't call it stagflation. He called the combination of inflation plus the unemployment rate the misery index. And he used this term in a debate. And it was very successful. Now, back in the 1960s, in, in uh, Kennedy's time in office, uh, in 62 and 63, if you looked at the combination of inflation plus unemployment, the misery index would have stood at 7%. 
by the end of Carter's time in office in 1980, when he's running for re-election re against Ronald Reagan, the misery index has risen to something like 19%. In fact, it's risen since 1976 when he used that uh, against Gerald Ford. And so when Ronald Reagan turns to the audience and he says, are you better off than you were four years ago? Uh, he is, in a sense, holding Carter's uh, claims in 1976 that he'd be able to bring this misery index down uh, against Carter himself. But as it turned out, no policymaker during the 1970s really had an answer to the rising misery index, to the rising problem of stagflation. The things that were tried uh, were, in many cases, uh, simply ludicrous. Uh, Gerald Ford, in fact, had tried to implement a policy of voluntary refusal to raise prices and wages. Uh, and the centerpiece of this campaign was a sort of a, a PR effort called Whip Inflation Now, W-I-N. Americans would wear a big W-I-N badge saying that they were committed to not raising the prices in, let's say, the mom-and-pop store they own, to not asking for a higher wage, to not paying a higher wage, and that would stop inflation. And, of course, that did not stop inflation. Alan Greenspan, later head of the Federal Reserve, who was uh, the, the head of the President's Council of Economic, uh, Council of Economic Advisors, uh, in his memoir said that he looked back uh, at, looking back at that time, that he remembered thinking in the meeting where Ford announced the, the WIN policy and saying to himself, this is unbelievably stupid. But of course, if he said it, he didn't say it out loud, and the policy went forward and was a complete failure. For more information, go to edX.org and look for American Capitalism, A History, with Lewis Hyman and Edward Baptist. Or go to facebook.com slash American Capitalism MOOC. This podcast has been brought to you by Cornell X from Cornell University. Mm -hmm.